0: welcome to uncorked another podcast brought to you by team corker i'm stoked to have one of our very own a coach and facilitator with the corker co ferris Ferris has been in Vancouver for nearly a decade and went through a complete career change, leaving the corporate world of marketing and agency land behind to dive into what it would be like as a counsellor and a coach. And he started Quiet Leadership nearly a decade ago, and we really gravitated to what it meant to be an introverted leader. And it's a conversation, a subject matter that he's very passionate about, and he leads with a lot of heart. And he reminds us that we can be so many ands and the intersection of so many beautiful labels as human beings. And he's a living example of that. It's really wonderful to get a sense and a glimpse inside the life, the heart, the mind of Ferris. I enjoyed this conversation a lot, and I hope you do too. Ferris, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you on the mic today.
1: I'm honored. I'm super happy to be here. And thank you for having me.
0: Oh, but of course, but of course. Well, my intro hardly does you justice. And so I want to kick this off by you telling us, how would you introduce yourself and who are you, my friend, Ferris?
1: (laughs) Wow, that's a complicated question. Let's see what I can do with that. Who am I? I don't like labels. However, to simplify things, usually I say I'm a connector, I'm a dad, I'm Mm -hmm. an unconformist, I'm an introvert, minimalist. So these are the words that come to me and it gives maybe a, a glimpse of who I am. But of course, I'm more than that. I'm also a coach, husband, uh, brother, many, many things. And that's what I love about my life, that it's so many things. And I'm a, sometimes I consider myself a journalist too. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the TED Talk, the multi-potentialite. I see myself as a multi-potentialite too, because mm-hmm. I love doing multiple things and I don't like to identify with one thing only.
0: Mm-hmm. So here you go. well I love it and said with all the love and respect it's you know you are some things very specifically and you are a generalist and Mm. you are a minimalist and you are a man of many things and that is just so beautiful it's like aren't we all such beautiful oxymorons aren't we all the and
1: I love you highlighted that yeah actually I never thought about it this way but you're right. I am both <laughs> the specialist and the generalist. Uh, even in my kind of work, I say I focus on working with introverts. So that's a specialty. And then at the same time, I do other leadership stuff. So it's a nice blend. And like you said, uh, an oxymoron, maybe hence uh, why I also consider myself an unconformist because yeah, whatever comes up.
0: Yes. So beautiful. I appreciate and acknowledge the unconformist label. And I hope one day we don't need to deem oneself An unconformist, we get to just be all of the things, and how beautiful! My favorite introverts most often identify themselves as introverted extroverts, Mm -hmm. and isn't that the truth? And what a beautiful oxymoron! Okay, well, I have to ask. I know you have a child and a dog, which are additional parts of our units, of our family units, and sometimes those extras make being a minimalist really challenging. So I want to know how minimalism shows up in your life, and what does that mean for you?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, You tell me, when you look at my background now, what do you see?
0: (laughs) All right, so your interior is gorgeous, and therefore, perhaps minimal.
1: (laughs) No, I yeah, I meant, thank you. I meant, even with my son and Maggie, it's still uh, minimalist, I guess, uh, look. But of course, when I say minimalist, I don't mean... uh, Visually, I don't mean furniture and stuff. I mean much deeper than that. It's almost like a core value of how I approach life. Uh, I'm not into the materialistic stuff. And it's also a way to focus on what's important. So with Mm. minimalist, you remove all the clutter or all, not the physical clutter, but the clutter in in your mind and everywhere, things that don't serve you. And then you focus on what's important to you. So it's more of a philosophy of life and Mm. less on the actual environment. But it includes the environment, of course.
0: Yes. Well, I love that you went there because you're breaking down the stigma or the barrier that when we add to our life, pets, humans, jobs, complexity, it can mean more. And what you're saying is we can add really consciously beautiful things to our lives that add meaning. And the power of our mental state is what can be so Mm -hmm. perfectly minimal. And I don't know who said this, but there was something about simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. And <laughs> yeah, is that the that. truth? Yeah. yeah,
1: that's one of my oh. favorite quotes. I love it. It's conscious. I love what you said about it. It's conscious intention, consciously deciding what to include. Uh, I mm-hmm. really resonate with that.
0: Yeah, consciously deciding what to include. Well, it's also about consciously deciding where we want to be. Mm. And you have had a really cool journey that brought you to Vancouver. And I'm wondering mm. if you can share what that journey has been for you in your life Mm -hmm. with being such a multifaceted, multidimensional human being. Tell us about the multi cities that you have -hmm. have lived and traveled through to land in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. That's one of my favorite decisions or yeah, coming one of many, but it's one of an important one coming here to Vancouver. So I'm originally from the Middle East. I was born in Jordan. And then when I was 12 years old, I moved to Dubai with my parents. And I lived there almost 24 years in Dubai. When I moved there, it was 1990. And Dubai, it wasn't the place you see now. It was basically a desert, but a beautiful desert. And I really enjoyed growing up there. And I saw the progression and how it is now. And I started my career also in Dubai, uh, working in ad agencies. And then after 10 years or so in that world, I felt uh, unfulfilled and I wanted to do something different. I wanted to to follow my passion, which is coaching. So at that time, me and my wife were talking, why not start fresh somewhere new with a new career and also a new place to live? Vancouver stood out for us from the research we've done. Uh, We've never been actually here, just through Google Images, but it looked beautiful. It was a combo of what we appreciate, which is nature quieter than other major cities So it spoke to us. There was something about it. And then we moved from Dubai to Vancouver. That was in 2014. And I felt the minute we landed here, something felt home. Till today, I can't explain Mm -hmm. it. It just felt right. And now it's been almost 10 years and we really love it here. And this is home for us now. Every couple of years, we visit Jordan and Dubai. But this is home for us now
0: oh that's so special i didn't realize it has already been 10 years so what a journey what a yeah, journey yeah. and so did you start your new profession in the world of coaching when you came to canada
1: exactly it's interesting i started my training 24 hours after i landed here
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
1: because oh i also my... <laughs> yeah because i came on a student visa Got it. And uh, I uh, enrolled in Rhodes Wellness College. It was a program, both coaching and counseling, one mm-hmm. year intensive every day, nine to five. So so I was a student for one year and that journey was so beautiful. Uh, one of my favorites too, to be back to a college and be like a student after many years in the corporate world. So that was right. awesome.
0: And what was it like starting a new profession in the new country, really, truly to your wife's credit, a new chapter? What was that journey like?
1: It felt natural, although that also doesn't make sense. Usually people move to a new country. There are some challenges, adaptation. But like I said, when I got here, I felt this is home. So everything worked out. So maybe it's, I don't know if it's meant to be, or there's a deeper thing, a spiritual thing there. I don't know, like made friends very easily and enjoyed the college experience being trained as a coach. And then after that, I started my business, which I called Quiet Leadership, and that also unfolded nicely i came up with uh, this idea to start a meetup in person that was in 2015 where uh, once a month all the introverts or extroverts in the world <laughs> can join uh, and we talk about topics related to quiet leadership and i think that was a, a good decision i didn't expect it to blossom but it really connected with the people in vancouver downtown it started with 10 people then 20 then 30 and I had to move to different venues for a bigger uh, place. So I think that uh, really helped my business and my brand in a new country, the meetup I created.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love hearing those stories. And it's funny, the introvert in me, you say 10 people and I'm like, okay, I could participate. And then you say 20. It's like, okay. Then you say 30 and I'm like, no. And then 40. I'm like, no, Ferris, I have (laughs) to bail. That's (laughs) too many. That's too many. and. Congratulations. That's obviously so, so cool. I just want to land or reflect back the power of making such radical changes and having such beautiful experiences along the way. Because I think that we can equate change to being hard or challenging all of those words that we might think of when we think of change. And what I'm hearing you say is like, it's actually really possible and Mm -hmm. really beautiful. And it you know, seems like it has opened up just such a wonderful new experience for your family. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's a spiritual experience. Because, you know, sometimes when I'm off doing something really hard, I like to pause and say, I think I just met God in this moment, mm. because it's so hard. But then I think that maybe when things are so beautiful, we can say, ah, we've just mm. met mm. a new level of enlightenment. And how mm. beautiful is that?
1: Thank you for reflecting on this. Thank you. Yeah, it makes sense what you said. And I'm also, I want to also acknowledge that, of course, the city makes a difference. Like, I mean, the Mm -hmm. people of the city. So Vancouver, from my experience, the people here are very welcoming and they were very Mm -hmm. nice uh, to include me and accept me and welcome me here. So that's one thing. Another thing I would say, the growth mindset and being proactive. So I put myself out there. I don't know if it's because I'm a connector. I love connecting with people. But I would say relationship building was a key to my business growth. And it was genuine connection. It wasn't like, oh, I want to meet people so I can make business. No, it's really being curious. want to learn about people and meet people. In return, I guess, people start getting to know about me. So I would say the proactivity and putting yourself out there.
0: Amazing. So cool. I want to riff on another beautiful dichotomy, which is putting yourself out there quietly,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> connecting quietly, leading quietly. Tell me about your relationship with quiet and mm-hmm. how you decided to go down that path loudly, yeah. yet quietly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Actually, that proves that it's a misconception thinking quiet. Sometimes people might think quiet means passive or quiet might be like a shy person or not social. So these are all misconceptions. And that's why actually what got me into the misconception out there and the stereotype of introverts. It has a really bad reputation from my experience, especially in the workforce, in the corporate world. They encourage people to be extroverted all the time. I noticed that kind of bias consciously or unconscious. Sometimes it was conscious, like people openly told me that, yeah, we're not hiring um, that person because that person seems like an introvert, for example. And some people didn't do that unconsciously. And I don't blame them or judge them because they don't really understand what it means to be an introvert. So that's when after coaching um, training, I decided to focus on that area to bring awareness to the personality types. And there's no one personality better than the other, just different And you can still do things either quietly or loudly, but both are possible and you can Mm -hmm. achieve things quietly as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter, we call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. I want to know what it has meant for you to start a business around quiet leadership. How has it meant that you've shown up? You know, how has it meant you've hosted meetups or you've led business and clients and otherwise? What has that journey been for you?
1: Let me think. That was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) So it started while I was in Dubai. I can't pinpoint like a time where, you know, usually in these (laughs) cliche story, there's one moment where it was an aha moment and everything changed. For me, it wasn't one moment. It was many moments led me to understand myself more including my personality type and I think also the book Quiet by Susan Kane helped open my eyes to that and I saw firsthand the bias happening so what did it mean and how did it feel it felt great to do something I'm passionate about and something that means a lot to me and I was surprised by the response uh, like I was saying earlier Because uh, introverts, generally speaking, are 50% of the population. So imagine that's a lot. And people, that's another misconception, think they're the minority. So that means so many people around us are introverted and they're hiding that part of them. So that means they're not being authentic. And again, no judgment because I was one of them when I was in the corporate world. I had my extrovert mask on all day. That's what led (laughs) to my uh, unfulfillment and burnout and, and anxiety at some point. And you know that if you don't, live authentically that can affect you physically and mentally so many people i see including i don't want to say influencers i don't want to call them but people that are recognized in vancouver for example and have uh, senior leadership roles and they speak on stages here during sessions or focus groups they tell me that they are, are introverted and they hide that part of themselves in public so there's still that shame uh, associated to it they think it's a weakness i don't want to tell people that. So that shows people are resonating with the message and want to embrace who they are. But before embracing who they are, understand what it means to be an introvert.
0: Mm -hmm. I didn't realize 50% of the population identified as introverts. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a very big deal. I am wondering how that shows up in 2023. And this might be another misconception. You're really like popping the cork on misconceptions today, because (laughs) I would say that in 2023, we're working from home. Do introverts like that? Do they prefer that? Do we feel a deeper sense of connection when it's not forced? How do you see it showing up in the workplace today? Yeah,
1: great question. A few things. One, speaking of 2023, there has been a shift since I started in 2015. Because more people are talking about it, more books are published on this topic. I think Susan Cain was the initiator. And then after that, probably there's plenty of books out there. Yeah, it's not a, it's the biased or around it is less now. So it's different than before. So more acceptable, more integrated. and And I love that. So it's working and people are recognizing there's no right or wrong and you can be yourself no matter what. So that's one of the things I'm I'm seeing these days, and companies are also understanding that. I'm seeing many companies doing like either the Disc Profile or Meyer Briggs and have an understanding that both personalities bring value to the table. So I'm seeing all that happening. In terms of introverts and working from home, again, I don't like to generalize, that's the thing, because like you've seen, like I love to go out, I love to connect with people, but at the same time, I love to take care of myself and recharge at home. But generally speaking, they're enjoying the working from home, including myself, because then you have the option to rest and then go out to the world. So it's been a good thing for introverts, I would say.
0: Yeah, I hear I hear it. I think what a beautiful time for us to show up authentically and find different ways. And so for companies to be pausing to say, how do you best show up? How do we get the best out of you? How can we create an environment that will allow you to thrive versus it being dare I say forced upon an employee that says I have to just be one way and how can I be my way and it all work together I feel this deep need Ferris to tell you about the love I have of gardening right now and the reason for this is because spring is springing and it would feel like a beautiful time to plant things Mm -hmm. And where I live, there's still quite a temperature swing of about, you know, 12 or 13 degrees. It's that much chillier overnight. And then during the heat of the day, it's much warmer. And so the misconception when it's a beautiful sunny day is that we should all start planting things. Mm. Now, the challenge, if you plant something once the seed has combusted, so, you know, a seedling or a slightly more mature plant, and then that frost comes, it will die and it doesn't Mm. come back. It's dead. And the kicker is you can plant a seed in the frost and when the seed is ready and when the temperatures are right, it will combust and it will germinate and it will grow and it will know my time is now. And I just think of that and I don't know if there's a direct metaphor. It just felt I'm like, ah, may we all be seeds and combust when the time is right and flower when the time is right. Versus thinking that we just plant a bunch of seedlings and wonder why they don't all grow. And I
1: I love it. There is a correlation there. And honestly, the way I see it, it's less about quiet leadership or introversion. It's about being yourself no matter what. So the message is be yourself, be authentic, and put yourself out there.
0: Put yourself out there. I think that's the mic drop of how to be yourself is to be yourself. And What a beautiful journey. I do want to highlight that you are a coach. And while you facilitate large groups and you know the corporate space and you've been in the corporate space, you also, as you shared, chose the route of becoming a professional coach and counselor. Can you just share a little bit before we close on what that journey means to you in your current professional life?
1: Yeah, it's been a beautiful journey. Uh, It's the best thing I've done, switching careers from marketing to coaching. I'm really... um, grateful every day i'm grateful for what i do i wake up excited and i know it sounds cliche and I, of course there's days that uh, are not that great and some days are great but the, the theme or on average i'm um, i'm always happy and grateful because i really enjoy this work i love working with clients and seeing their growth and transformation and you're in the field and, and i don't know if you see that where they start and where they are after Coaching, it's transformative. And same with the facilitation and and doing workshops. Same idea. It opens participants' eyes on many things that probably they haven't uh, considered. Uh, Maybe they have some unconscious bias. Maybe they have limiting beliefs. Maybe they don't have the awareness on certain things. So with coaching and facilitation, as a coach, I bring that awareness and that really empowers them. And then they decide what they want to do with the awareness they are aware of now. It's beautiful. It gives me, at the end of the day, I'm satisfied because I feel I've done something positive or something, I added value to someone's life. So that's what I love about it.
0: Enough said. I think we're in the business of transformation and you know, there's many different ways to get there. That's changing people's bodies, their mindset, what they think is possible, perhaps how they spend their days or their relationship with their dog. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. I'm really here for it. Awesome. Oh, Ferris. Well, we're at time. And my favorite question to end every podcast with is what is currently making your heartbeat faster?
1: Working with you and the, and your team. <laughs> the past uh, month or so, it's been my highlight working with the Corker Collective. It's been such a pleasure and loving every moment of it. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you. The feeling is so mutual. And I'm grateful to have you on the mic to chat in a setting that's not coaching and that's not facilitating and hopefully keeping it human. And I will share on the pod right now that I'm excited to do in real life work together with you and Mm. be a student of Ferris. And Mm. maybe we need to bring the meetup back and we need to look at different ways that we can continue to be ourselves in the most beautiful and authentic way possible. So thank you for planting the seed and let it combust. Shall we
1: love it? Yeah. That would be an honor. Thank you. Let's do it. Okay.
0: Oh, Hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review for maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.